welcome to Victory Davao. My name is Lariz and I am one of the campus missionaries here in this church. But this church exists to honor God and make disciples. And we do that through world missions, church planting, and campus ministry. We want you to know that the kingdom of God has not stopped advancing even despite the pandemic. We have missionaries who continue to do international outreaches. And even in church planting, specifically here in Victory Davao, we strengthened our hubs. Our hubs in Toril, in Mintal, in the Matina area, in Lanang, in Buhangin, and even in downtown area. You know what? God's kingdom continues to expand. And of course, our focus is really in campus ministry. Reaching out to the students continues despite the pandemic. And the reality is, some students have been experiencing Zoom fatigue. That's why last month, we decided to do some house visits sa mga students, to really minister to them, to pray for them. And with the generosity of some church members, we were able to give them goodies to really bless them and their families. It was really such a great time to meet with them and to pray for them. And you could really see the joy in their eyes na they were able to receive ministry and prayer face to face. The next generation is important for this church. The next generation is important to God. I found this article from the Inquirer last week and it talks about the percentage of Filipinos who think religion is very important. So this was a survey last year and sadly, that percentage went down by 10%. And you know, not just that, the number of Filipinos who do not consider religion as very important, that number actually doubled. You know, this is heartbreaking because this might mean that our next generation is growing up. They are growing up not knowing who God is or His truths. As Carrie, in the words of Carrie Newhoff, people are learning to live comfortably without God. People are learning to live comfortably without God. Today, we will be reading from the book of Daniel. And my prayer is for all of us to see how God can work through a few young people whose mind, whose hearts are surrendered to Him. We will see how Daniel and his friends were able to honor God with their lives, with their actions, despite of the hostility and anxiety that was surrounding them. Let us read from Daniel 2. It says here in verse 1, In the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His spirit was troubled and his sleep left him. Then the king commanded that the magicians, the enchanters, the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans be summoned to tell the king his dream. So they came in and stood before the king. And the king said to them, I had a dream, and my spirit is troubled to know the dream. Then the Chaldeans said to the king in Aramaic, O king, live forever. Tell your servants the dream, and we will show the interpretation. The king answered and said to the Chaldeans, The word from me is firm. If you do not make known to me the dream and its interpretation, you shall be torn limb from limb, and your houses shall be laid in ruins. 
But if you show the dream and its interpretation, you shall receive from me gifts and rewards and great honor. Therefore, show me the dream and its interpretation. They answered a second time and said, Let the king tell his servants the dream, and we will show its interpretation. The king answered and said, I know with certainty that you are trying to gain time because you see that the word from me is firm. If you do not make the dream known to me, there is but one sentence for you. You have agreed to speak lying and corrupt words before me till the times change. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that you can show me its interpretation. The Chaldeans answered the king and said, There is not a man on earth who can meet the king's demand, for no great and powerful king has asked such a thing of any magician or enchanter or Chaldean. Nothing but the king asks is difficult, and no one can show it to the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with the flesh. Because of this, the king was angry, very furious, and he commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be destroyed. So the decree went out, and the wise men were about to be killed, and they sought Daniel and his companions to kill them. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that, Lord, you will speak to us through your word. I pray, Father, that, Lord, you will uh, open our hearts to hear you and be able to apply the things we learned today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us first talk about who Daniel is. In Daniel chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, we will read there that King Nebuchadnezzar actually conquered Jerusalem. Daniel and his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were made to march almost 1,600 kilometers from Jerusalem to, the, to Babylon because they were exiled towards Babylon. And Babylon, it was a great, a growing, and a powerful empire. So, si Daniel and his friends and the rest of the young Jewish teenagers these were God-fearing Jewish teenagers. They were torn away from their families and ripped out of everything they have known. And they, now, they are being trained to work for a pagan king. For three years, they were educated and immersed in Babylonian knowledge, culture, worldview, language, and religion. And you know, this was aimed to make them forget about their old ways, about their past, and form allegiance to the king and his pagan way of life. What was King Nebuchadnezzar doing? He was actually intentional in getting the young, the strong, and the trainable ones because he knew that they were the most moldable and trainable and they can be easily influenced with Babylonian culture. King Nebuchadnezzar was trying to influence their worldview. And that's what we're going to talk about today. What is a worldview? Ano ba yung worldview? A worldview is simply the way that a human being looks at life. It is the way that we perceive things. Our worldview, it acts like a filter for our brain. It will determine not only how we see things, but how we interpret and respond to what we see as well. James Anderson said this, what a person thinks about abortion, euthanasia, 
same-sex relationships, environmental ethics, economic policy, public education, and so on will depend on the underlying worldview more than anything else. Now, we all have a worldview, and it's shaped by various influences that we have growing up, our relationships, and of course, ngayon, it's also influenced by social media. But the thing is, my point here is that as Christians, our worldview must be shaped by God's word and not by the society's culture. Our worldview must be shaped by God's word, not by the society's culture. You and I as Christians choose to have a biblical worldview. And this means that we view life through God's word. When you believe that the Bible is entirely true, you will allow it to be the foundation of everything that you say and do. I'm reminded what Paul said in Romans 12 verse 2. He said there, Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. In Daniel chapter 1, Daniel's biblical worldview and his understanding of God led him to resolve not to defile himself with the king's food and also not to be defiled by the Babylonian culture. And you know, God honored his faith and he was found 10 times better than those who chose to eat the king's food. Not just that, another instance that Daniel's biblical worldview is evident is in Daniel chapter 2, which was the verse that we read kanina. It, was, it happened that when one night, Nebuchadnezzar awoke frightened by a dream. The king called for his magi, for his magicians, for his wise men to interpret the nightmare. And this was a standard procedure in a culture that placed a high uh, importance on dreams and its interpretation. But the thing is, he placed a requirement. Not only they were to interpret it, but first, they needed to tell him what the dream was. And the penalty for that failure was death. Every magician, enchanter, uh, astrologer in the kingdom would be executed. And the worried magi replied, what the king asks is too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods, and they do not live among men. You know, this was a tense situation, and this was an impossible task according to the king's magicians. And really, this reveals their incapability, but not just them, even the incapability of their false gods. And this is really proof that yes, Babylon might be able to conquer Jerusalem, but no worldly kingdom can ever conquer the God of heaven. This is true even to us today. A lot of times, we trust this world's expert more than ever. We allow the world to define us, and we allow the world to interpret our situations through its lens. We allow social media and various opinions to dictate the truth to us. But know this, God's truth and His power triumphs over the wisdom of this world. In Matthew 7 verse 24 to 25, it says here, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. 
you know, God's truth is our strong foundation. You know, it matters what worldview and beliefs we build our lives upon. It matters what worldview the next generation is growing up to have. One of the worldview of the next ge of Generation Z, according to the book of Tim Elmore, Unfiltered, he said there that the generation of students who've grown up in the 21st century are the most social, most empowered, and the most anxious youth population in human history. So one of their worldview is that life is just a series of anxieties. So again, the question for us is, how does your worldview lead you to respond to the anxieties around you? Because from what we read, King Nebuchadnezzar was anxious about the dream and it led him to make the decree to kill a whole generation of wise men just because they couldn't produce what he wanted. Isn't it true that we tend to lose wisdom when we are overwhelmed and anxious? Kung ano-ano na lang inaisip natin, kung ano na lang nagagawa natin, whenever we allow anxiety to lead us to action. And for sure, nagpanic and anxious na rin yung mga magicians, and I believe not just them, but even the whole kingdom, because it wasn't just them who would be affected, also their families as well. But how did Daniel respond to the tension that surrounded him? We can read that in Daniel chapter, chapter 2, verse 14, it says there that Daniel responded with wisdom and, in, and with tact. And in verses 17 and 18, he urged his friends to pray to God concerning the king's dream. You know, Daniel could have responded in apathy. He could have responded and by blaming God or he could have responded in discouragement and despair. But here's the thing. Our responses reveal what's really yung worldview natin. Our responses reveal our worldview. And our delights and our disappointments also reveal our worldview. As Christians, you know, a biblical worldview is being led by our faith in God not by anxious emotions in or around us. Daniel had a different worldview. That's why he did not respond anxiously, unlike the king and the king's magicians. Daniel knew that unlike the false gods of Babylon, his God is real, his God is alive, and he is the source of wisdom and actually the source of the dream itself. He trusts in a God who is in control. Also in Tim Elmer, Elmer's book, he said there, too often, kids merely react to the shifting world around them without a clear vision for where they belong. Their days can be filled with reactions rather than actions. You know, we see that in our social media, diba? we see a post and you can choose different reactions. But the thing is, it adds to our anxiety, diba? Does this mean that I need to react on this? Ang dami natin nakikita and we feel like we need to react on this. But Daniel acted on the situation by praying and seeking God. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then what, what did Daniel do? Daniel responded by praising the God of heaven. And we see that in Daniel chapter 2, Verses 22-23. Look how different Daniel's worldview is compared to the Babylonians. You know, the world glorifies itself when in reality, it falls short. But Daniel chose to glorify God 
because he knew who God is and his place. Diba? In those verses we read there that he praised God, he acknowledged that God is sovereign over the leaders of this world. He acknowledged that God is the source of wisdom. And then by that time, Daniel faced the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. He told him his dream and its interpretation. So the king responded by praising God. And he indeed rewarded Daniel and placed him on a higher position in his court. The difference in our worldview will be evident in our words, in our action, in our love for others, how we treat other people, in how we spend our time, even in our online posts, in our generosity, and in the way that we conduct our businesses and our work. You know, it will also be evident in our hate, what it is that we hate. You know, if there's something that Christians should hate, it should be sin. Proverbs 8 verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. So going back, what was King Nebuchadnezzar's dream? What did it mean? And how is it relevant to us today? King Nebuchadnezzar dreamt of a gigantic statue made of four different metals. Gold, silver, bronze, and a mix of iron and clay. Daniel interprets it as the different kingdoms and empires that will rule and reign. At this point, when this was happening, King Nebuchadnezzar was the greatest king, but certain kingdoms would overrule and reign. But the dream did not end there. We see that in Daniel chapter 2, verse 34, it says here, While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron, clay, and smashed them. And in its interpretation in verse 44, Daniel says there, In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and bring them to an end, but it will itself endure forever. What kingdom will triumph over all the kingdoms of this world? It is the kingdom of God. This message of the dream gave Daniel hope. And it gives us hope as well. That our faith in God is never in vain. Obeying God, standing firm in our faith, and investing in His kingdom is never in vain. Why? Because it's only God's kingdom that will never crumble. God is promising us something so much better than anything we have experienced so far. God's kingdom will be ruled by a perfect king, and that is Jesus. Peter preached in Acts chapter 4, verse 10 to 12, Let it be known to all of you and to the, all, all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. You know, this is God's invitation for all of us that we might be part of his kingdom. 
And that is through Jesus. In His kingdom, we have unshakable hope. A biblical worldview is focused on hope in God and our victory in Christ. The kingdom of God is victorious. We have hope. This means that we have hope. We persevere in hope. God's kingdom is led by a God who is powerful, mighty, sovereign, and good. This means that we are secure, that life is not just about surviving, but stewarding it for us to live a life that glorifies God and reflect our King. The kingdom of God is true. This means that we are to live as its citizens here and now. This means that we live to have a biblical worldview and also to pass it to the next generation. Lastly, Jesus is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. The question is, is He the Lord of our lives? Does our life reflect that indeed He is the King in our lives? My prayer is that we will be able to cultivate a biblical worldview in our lives and in the next generation. Let us pray. Lord, Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that once again, you have reminded us that you are a powerful God. Lord, help us, God, that we will only put our hope and our trust in you. Help us, God, that we will not put our faith in the things of this world. Lord, because we know that in the, the things of this world, it's temporary. Lord, remind us to always invest on what's eternal. Lord, help us that we will not compromise, Lord, for the things that are temporary. But Lord, remind us always Lord, that you are with us, that you are our King, and we will surrender our lives to you and only to you. Lord, even use us. Na Lord, kami mismo unang-una, we would live a life na, that we will filter it through God's truth, to your, through your truth. And help us, Lord, that we'll be able to pass it on to the next generation. That yes, there is so much technological advances, but Lord, your word is eternal and your word continues to be true even today. Lord, we pray that you will help us live a life of integrity, help us to live a life of surrender, and even help us, Lord, to lead the next generation towards you. Give us wisdom, Lord, and help us to respond with wisdom despite the anxieties around us. Help us to live by faith even. Bless your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.